FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 266 of the podcast that goes snicked. Snicked. <laughs> That's right. It's your pals, Jason and Georgie. Here to talk about some X-Men comic books that also star various Wolverine characters. Various. Various. Mostly well, yeah. the old variety, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of old ones. Right. O- old and alternate. <laughs> Still wondering what where our, our regular Logan is. What happened? I don't know. He, we're waiting for him to show up in the backup of major titles in January. Maybe he's just really enjoying that six-pack. He's just really... <laughs> <laughs> well, he, you know, he, he decided, you know, hey, when, uh, when my beer gets warm, oh, no, it's time to move on. I guess right. uh, frost giant carcasses just stay cold a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, Georgie, how are things on the best coast? Oh, man. Just, did that band put out another album, or is it I just don't the know. one album? <laughs> I think they had two, but I don't know if they did anything after that. Okay. <laughs> wow, I forgot about them. Yeah. I liked them for a little while. They were not yeah, me too, me too. That first yeah. album I enjoyed. Yeah, L.A. is L.A. It's it's finally winter time here. It's finally starting to get chilly, but uh, that doesn't mean the fires are out. So, Uh-oh. you know, <laughs> it's it's a weird place, Jason. Right. All right. Well, stay safe. <laughs> it's starting to get crazy. I think I'm gonna like paint um, an American flag on my face, rampaging through the city. <laughs> you should. I think that's the only logical thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta find some more reds, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Watch The Matrix. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, um, unfortunately, uh, Dan is still on his hiatus, but uh, Georgie and I will try our damnedest to entertain you. Um, and speaking of which, something that you and I and Dan talked about last time that we kind of talked about in the, oh, well, shucks, that kind of almost happened. Well, it actually happened. And that, of course, is the uh, the Disney uh, gobbling up a fox. Yeah, it is. It's official. It's a, so uh, I think we talked kind of ad nauseum last time about the pros and cons of, of that scenario. Um, mm-hmm. What I guess so? What's the craziest rumor you've heard since the official announcement? Let's 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 start uh, there. Let's wait. Let's just. The, Crazy rumors? I don't know if I've heard any crazy rumors. Oh, I've darn. heard. How about you? You go first. No, not really. I'll, I'll, I'll make up one. <laughs> I was, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of you know the X Men introduced to the uh, Disney animated universe, but um, you know Beauty and the Beast with starring the Beast. <laughs> I want that so much. <laughs> you know Hank McCoy would sing. He would totally do a musical. Oh yeah, he'd love it. He'd be awesome. And halfway through, he could take, like, the cure and then go back to being, like, a regular human and be, right. like, a full, full show. 
That'd be pretty awesome. Now, I really haven't heard too much other than um, someone asked if... Uh, oh, shoot. Oh, crap. I hate when my brain farts. Um, Chris Evans would reprise Human Torch and still be Captain America at the same time. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he could do it. Totally, totally. I mean, those those Fantastic Four movies aren't great, but I don't feel like he's, you know, the bad part of those movies. No, it's not his fault, for sure. Nope. Um, there, there are a lot of things to blame, but he kind of skates out of that one not too shabby. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was, I, was, I was hearing someone say that they get FF back, but uh, the distribution rights uh, maybe aren't with... with Fox, there was someone else, so I don't know if that was cleared up uh, either. So I'm not certain what's what's going on with that. Oh, interesting. Right, or if maybe it's the toy rights aren't with Fox, there was someone else. So it's like uh, there might still be one piece of the pie before they they fix everything. But what's what's interesting that I just no one's been speaking about is we could now have Namor uh, join, which would really fit in well with the MCU where it is at the moment, right? Yeah, I think that'd be great. A nice anti-hero, yeah. Yeah, and I tell you what, you know, I've always, I've always enjoyed Namor, but um, going back and doing my '60s reading has just made me fall in love with. Like, I love Namor so much. Like, he's so just over the top in all the right ways. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see. So, who would you cast? Who would you cast as Namor? Oh man! And I don't uh, know. I'd have to think about it. So. I'll, I'll Does think. anyone have like a natural widow's peak that would really fit? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure somebody does. You no, know, it'd be cool since they have Black uh, Panther is going to be a prominent figure now. They could eventually work in their rivalry as well. Yeah, that'd be cool. I think they should go young or youngish. Well, he's like super old though, right? Isn't he like hundreds of years old? Oh, well, yeah, I guess now he is, but... I don't know, I can, I can see, I guess it depends on what you want to do. You can do kind of the impetuous prince, or you can mm-hmm. do the more seasoned ruler. I think either one would work. Oh, yeah. Um, but it might be fun to, to kind of grow him from one to the other on, on, in film. Or even possibly a name like a Submariner TV show. Yeah, I mean, I think they are missing out on a lot of, you know, TV opportunities. Uh, since they're going to get Hulu now, they could just move all their stuff streaming directly onto Hulu instead of making their Disney um, streaming service. So we could get things, you know, those, those smaller characters on TV. Like, uh, I think everyone wants to see, not everyone, but people talk about having a, um, boy, I almost said Owlman, and then I almost said Nightman. Um <laughs> That's a Always Sunny in Philadelphia reference. What's oh. the uh, the guy who wears all white? He's like the Batman who wears all white. Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon Knight would be great on TV. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of characters you could you know throw on TV. That'd be fun. That would be pretty fun. That'd be pretty great. Uh, yeah, a, a Hawkeye TV show would be awesome. I think we've talked sure. about that before. Um, you know, it'd be cool to have like the, the Ghost Rider and uh, Moon Knight and, and Blade like team up for like a uh, supernatural TV series. That can work. Yeah. 
hopefully be better than a Ghost Rider on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um. <laughs> Maybe they can be like hunting Dracula. Yeah, there you go. That'd be pretty cool, pretty cool. Anyway, I mean, movie-wise, um, I think everyone's excited. I've, I've heard Feige's already trying to figure out how to, you know, uh, put the X-Men into the MCU in some way. Yeah. I figure we might see some changes to Avengers 4 if this, you know, once this all goes through. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know if they'll try to do something that fast or not. They could, definitely, though. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And, of course, they've... Um, or at least giving lip service, you know, to saying they're not going to mess too much with the tone of some of the, the more successful side, you know, like the Deadpool, right. Logan thing. They could still, you know, do some pretty uh, R-rated movies, I think. I think there was definitely some concern with some people that Disney would try to rein that in a little bit. And at least, at least in what they're saying, I mean, the proof will be in the pudding, right? But at least in what they're saying... They're not intending to do that, so hopefully that'll bear out. And yeah, I think well, Deadpool was like the biggest in, in terms of just percentage-wise revenue maker uh, of last year. Was it the year before? I can't remember now. But I mean, the, was it seventy million for that movie, or even less, sixty million, and it made like seven hundred million dollars? Right. So <laughs> right. <laughs> Disney's yeah. not going to be like, we don't really need that extra six hundred million dollars of profit. <laughs> They're going to say. <laughs> We do another one of those. We can buy up. Uh, what's left? What's left to buy? Um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> instead of buying Spider-Man back, what we'll is buy Sony? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's no reason for them to give uh, to you know restart Deadpool. And if the next movie they say it's going to be Deadpool on cable, that could really lead to like an X-Force uh, movie, which might be fun as well, yeah. depending on who they they put in there. Yeah. You know what might be fun too? An X Force comic book instead of Weapon X. <laughs> mm, that would be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, so we have another. Well, anything else you want to say about that? Kind of. Oh, um, I think I want to say um, did you see the trailer for Miles? Did we already talk about this? I, I don't remember. <laughs> no, I we haven't, and I don't think I did. Yeah, the, an the animated, animated show? Yeah, it's pretty awesome looking, so check it out. Okay, I will. All right, so on to the comics then? Yeah, yeah. So um, we have another kind of little topic to talk about. Now, it, it kind of relates to two of the books we're going to talk about, so you want to save that for then? Yeah, let's save it for then. Let's okay. save it for the end. Cool. This is the end. All right. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, so let's talk some comics. Um. We had some stuff come out the last few weeks uh, involving our our Wolverine-type scenarios. Um, we're going to start off with Astonishing X-Men number six. Ooh. Is this you or me? Uh, you, yeah. Life at X, part six, the end of the first act. Okay, one second. That's all right. You want to go and read the credits while you're looking it up? Yeah, could you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Charles Soule is the writer. Mike Del Mundo this time is one of the all-star artists. And uh, Del Mundo and Marco D'Alfonso do the colors. VC's Clayton Cowles does the letters. And then Del Mundo does the cover. Mm-hmm. 
We also have a, a variant cover by Chris Anka. Did you see that one? I did not. I did not. No, I haven't seen it. I'm sure it's great. His stuff is usually pretty spot on, but well, speaking of spot on, Del Mundo is always pretty spot on for me, and this cover is no exception. You know, I, I don't dislike the cover, but I feel like it, the insides are actually a lot better looking than the oh, cover. Oh, yes. Yeah, I would agree with that, too. Um, I don't know if it has to do with the different, the two colorists, like maybe add a little... Yeah, totally. ...little brightness, but... um. Yeah, so the cover is uh, Professor X in his wheelchair on top of a pile of unconscious X-Men. Um, and it's kind of all purpley and, and black. But it's a pretty cool cover. But, but yeah, I agree. The inside art, the interior art is just... It's, just, it's out there like Del Mundo is, but it just looks really, really right. great. Um, yeah, yeah. I just want a, a book. I don't even need, I don't even want Charles Soule's story. Just give me like 22 pages of Del Mundo drawing whatever he wants to draw. <laughs> right? Yeah, so I mean, but the cover really signifies what Professor X has always been about, sacrificing his students for his own <laughs> personal gain. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. No, it's it's a it's a really nice cover though. It's uh, it's nice to see part of this book turn around uh, to the to the light side, so to speak. Right. All right. So what happens in this bad boy? All right. So we're in for a bunch of twists and turns here. Um, the final conflict between Professor X and the man with spider legs. <laughs> Right, um, and so they're battling in the astral plane, and they're talking. And um, I, I want to say Farouk. Fr- What's his name? Yeah, Farouk. I almost yeah. said Farad. Yeah, Farouk is basically gloating over Professor X, saying, "I've won, you've lost. It's over, Charles." And this weird stuff is climbing all over Charles, which I want to get back to maybe after we finish the book. But the left half of his, his body, it's almost like the symbiote is, is crawling all over him there. Looks very venomy, yeah. Yeah. And then he calls his X-Men in. And they, um, I mean, this, this this page where they jump in to take out Farouk is gorgeous. Yes. Uh, I don't know how, how someone can be this amazing of an artist, but... Um, <laughs> It's, it's, it's gorgeous. We've got uh, Rogue is in here, Mystique. And we have Phantom X get called in, and they start, you know, beating up on um, Farouk. Then we cut to the real world, and Archangel is going nutso. And he's going to take out Logan, and he's going to take out Gambit, who have been um, taken over by Farouk. But then the consequences from inside of the battle with uh, Farouk and Professor X sort of come to pass. And we've got um, <clears throat> Logan and Gambit sort of come back to their senses. Uh, but Archangel isn't have, having any of it. Um, but in the meantime, th- this gorgeous battle is happening within the minds of Professor X. And, and this thing is, this next double page spread is just unbelievable where You've got Charles monologuing about how long he's been captured and how he just needs a little bit of break from the chains and he finally busts out. This is, you know, this is actually pretty well written. Um, I'm wondering if maybe a lot of our problems with Astonishing could have been solved with just a lot of, you know, a better artist throughout the, the first however many issues. 
Possibly. I have some other comments about that as well, because I did enjoy this one more, like you, I think. Um, I mean, what is it? What do they say? Um, to, to jump into football, because I know we have a lot of football fans on here. Um, a good quarterback can cover up for a lot of the warts of your you know, <laughs> offense. Right. And I feel like that's what Del Mundo might be doing. He might just be <laughs> covering all the bad stuff. <laughs> Maybe. Yep. So Professor X breaks free. Um, and Archangel is still attacking and they're trying to calm him down. So finally Psylocke contacts him to get him to like chill out um, because the, the other normal people and some of the mutants are still possessed and they're, they're going to attack. Um, and then Archangel decides that he's going to stop everything and he flies off and Psylocke's like, oh crap, what have I done? And then Phantom X pulls off his mask and he's not Phantom X anymore. He's... Charles Xavier has taken him over, and you can call him X, which was not a very good piece of writing. But Professor <laughs> uh, <laughs> X is back in Phantom X's body. Yeah. So is that? And I guess I don't remember. Does Phantom X is that? Does he have a normal face? Is this his face? I have no idea. Okay. Yeah, I I wasn't sure if it was like. You know, James McAvoy, like Professor X with hair, or if it's just totally a uh, total possession. So it's Phantom X's physiology, but Professor, maybe Xavier's soul. It does kind of look like a younger haired yeah. uh, Professor X, doesn't it? Yeah, it's hard to tell. Hard to tell. Um, but I, I cannot agree more. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Del Mundo fan. And this this book looks amazing, um, and you know I I agree with you. I won't, we'll talk about the the reveal and the and the symbiote uh, in a second. But um, you know I agree with you. I think the art obviously makes the story better. You know that's part of of the the blessing that is comics. You know this, this the glory right. of comics is that you know they they work together when. You, when you get uh, an artist and a writer that are in sync, then you get something really special. But I think even when they're not necessarily in sync, you know, a good artist can make, you know, an okay writer, you know, look better. I also just think, for the most part, this issue is just paced better. Yeah, yeah, it feels really well paced, you're right. Um, and I think, you know, maybe this first act just didn't need to be six issues. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I because I, I feel like a lot kind of happens and I, I don't know just it, it felt felt like a much quicker pace than the previous episodes it felt more substantial and a lot of that is the art but I think also it's just you know Charles Soule knew where he kind of wanted to land and it, he just kind of fiddle paddled on his way to get there right <laughs> But once he got there, it wasn't too bad. You know, and we haven't loved this series, but I do, for the most part, like a lot of what Charles Soule does. Um, his uh, his Daredevil book right now is fantastic. Right. Um, his Darth Vader book right now is fantastic. You know, I, I dropped after Gillen uh, left the book, but it, it's it's good. It's a natural decision to make. No one can blame you for that. But yes, it's actually really good. Oh, nice. <laughs> And Kevin Coley is doing the art of his career. So Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um 
So yeah, it's definitely worth checking out, especially when the trade comes out. I'd recommend. I will look into out. that. I think I like. I'm not a big Star Wars guy, so after the Gillen story sort of concluded, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of good on Vader, but if right. it's good, I might, it might be worth. You know, are they on Marvel uh, Unlimited? Do I don't you know? know if they are yet or not. I'm not sure. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I might check that out. Yeah, and I might. I'll check and see. I might still have some codes I haven't used on some of those, so I can. I can send those your way. Cool. Um, so I, I want to bring up, you know, Del Mundo, he did the Electra series from a couple of years ago, correct? I think so. And then he did uh, the Weird World when Secret yep, Wars yep. came over, and then he did the Avengers relaunch for a while. Okay. In fact, he had an issue of just, you know, it's funny because it was an Avengers book, but it was mm-hmm. just Thor, you know, Jane is Thor. It was one of the best-looking comics of, like, the last couple of years. It was so beautiful. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah, if, if Dodderman ever decides that he needs to leave Thor, Del Mundo, I wouldn't have a problem <laughs> with him taking over. Oh, he'd be, he, he's great at whatever he does. Yeah. So. Not that I want Dodderman to leave, but... No, 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 no. Yeah. But I wanted to bring up, because... Um, I mentioned I don't believe the Electra book from a couple of years ago was so bright and like glowy and I'm wondering if that's the work of the colorist here is this, do you know if he always uses the same colorist so I don't know if he always uses the same guy or not I know he kind of splits colors with himself and then also gets some help sometimes I think it's probably the same guy the Marco D'Alfonso I know this is more, this looks more like his books of recent years. So, okay. um, like the Avengers stuff he's done is more in this tone. Uh, all right, tone's not the right word. More in this palette of color. So, I would imagine they've probably been working together for a while. But, but yeah, his stuff's been a little more colorful, you know, the last year or so. so nice, nice. Yeah. No, what did you think of, of his Logan? It was good. Um, uh-huh. It kind of has the the curvy sideburns, which I'm not always a huge fan of, but that's just a style choice. It has nothing to do with the actual artistic ability. Um, but no, I, I thought it was pretty good. I thought his, his sidewalk was really nice. Um, I thought his archangel was fantastic. Yes, yes. Um, but, but that one, there's the one page um, when sidewalk is first trying to tap into Archangel and she has you know her telepathic butterfly uh-huh. it looks just really amazing and a lot of that is the color too so yeah exactly um yeah I don't know there's that there's a couple of pages where Archangel is when he first attacks Logan and Gambit there's some really good pages there um and, I mean I can see where some people might because you know Sometimes people look metallic, even like the human people. And I can see where some people might not love that as much, but it worked fine for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can find almost no no faults of any significance in any of the artwork on these pages. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's great. And all the Mindscape stuff looks crazy good. <laughs> yes, it does. It looks fantastic. So. All right. 
So what do you think the, the symbiote stuff is with, with Professor X? What is that? What's going on? I don't know. I guess it's like... Professor X embracing that he was in the shadow world? Maybe? Hmm. I'm, I'm still curious if this is really Professor X or not. Right. Um... You know, maybe there's something else going on that, you know, and I don't know. I just, it's hard to tell. I, I think, I think there's still, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm being optimistic that Charles Soule still has something up his sleeve on this one. Um, uh-huh. But I don't know what the symbiote looking stuff is. It, it's been kind of popping in and out of the book. Right. Since it started. Um, and it definitely seems to kind of flare up right before he breaks free. Right. Um, so I don't know if it's just like a, a cancer from the from the shadow verse. I don't. You know, I don't really know. But maybe it's just because it's a piece of Professor X, not the whole soul. So right, it's, it's, it's like corrupt. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it could be something like that. Um, okay, so here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. So he takes over Phantom X's. Yeah, right. He takes over Phantom X's body. Does he have Professor X powers or Phantom X powers? Both. <laughs> All right. Um, because I feel like actually I don't know. That's a good question. I feel like they're gonna give him both. Like. Right. I mean, the easy way to go go with it is his his mind is in that body, so he's still using his powers in that mind in in that body, and then Phantom X's powers are innately part of his physical being, so he's just able to access them. Okay. Maybe. All right. And so Phantom X is left in the shadow world, right? Like his his entity. Oh right, yeah. And that's the trade he makes to try to try to um make up for all the bad he's done is he's gonna trade places with Professor X is that sure I'm sure he willingly decided to do that (laughs) yeah (laughs) man what a jerk (laughs) oh Professor Jerkwad strikes again right um (laughs) alright what else what other questions comments you have about this one I think that's about it. Um, do you know is, is the window staying on for a while, or is this like a one? No, a one I issue? think because every art we've had six artists and six issues, so I think that'll probably continue. I don't know if Did it'll we? rotate for the same ones in the second act, or if it'll be six brand new ones. Um, but, but yeah, that was kind of the pitch of the book that Charles Soule was going to write. An all-star book with a cavalcade of all-star artists. So, hmm, I haven't seen the all-stars. Uh, just the one. I don't know. We've we've mostly enjoyed the art on this book, haven't we? With McGinnis we? and Diodato, and I don't think we care. Yeah, I think it's been up and down. I think we've kind of been up and down on it. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying is, none of the previous artists were at these heights. Not for me, no, but, but, um, but I like, you know, I like McGinnis and Neodato. So. Yeah, don't, no, now that I'm thinking about it, I might be, uh, conflating uh, those <laughs> issues with, with some gold stuff. Uh, 
<laughs> Don't get your gold mixed up with your astonishing. <laughs> well, um, there'll be yeah. plenty of time to shit on that book in a minute. <laughs> oh man, that artwork! Oh my god. So um, let's 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 stick on the this yeah. book. Yeah. Um, what is, what, what uh, if you have nothing else to, to say? What's your final grade here? Yeah, I'm gonna go a fairly strong four out of six claws. Almost yeah. exclusively for the art, but I also thought the story was better. So, I'm not going to say this book is back, you know, but it's definitely a step in the right direction. Sure. No, I think I agree. Four out of six, mostly for art, but as you mentioned, the pacing was actually done quite well, and the writing, I felt like, wasn't over overdone. It, uh, I mean, this issue worked for me. Even uh, a few bad lines, I actually enjoyed it. Yeah. I really think if you change the last line, there's really not that much that's that yeah. bad about it. Um, but yeah, no, cool. Well, All right. so we we start off decent. We'll end pretty good. Uh, let's uh, let's get to this middle part here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so next up, we have uh, Weapon X joining the Legacy Banner with number twelve. This is the Nuke Clear War. Wow. Um, Mm-hmm. Oh, come on, Greg Park, really? Someone someone thought really hard about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, Greg Greg Park is the writer. Uh, Yodere Sinar is the artist, maybe? Sure. Uh, colorist is Frank Diamarda. Letter is VC's Joe Caramagna. And oh. the cover is by Raza. Is that the guy from the Wu-Tang Clan? That's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, Raza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I, they should give him a chance to, to write a comic book. I would love that. Hell yeah, I would. Yeah, that could be really great. They, I mean, they're fans as far as we know, right? At least, yeah, yeah. At least some of them are. Um, yeah. Well, anyway, on this cover we have uh, Georgie's aforementioned American flag face painting contest with the Weapon X team. They are all screaming with American flags on their faces. Yeah, it all looks kind of like the artwork's not bad, but they all look like sort of WWE professional wrestlers with that uh-huh. face paint on. Yep. And they're all kind of heads in a black background, so you have a little bit of Queen, uh, Bohemian oh, yeah. Rhapsody yeah. feel to it, <laughs> which is probably the best thing I'll say about this issue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I the the cover does not make me want to buy the issue. But no, but no but there's nothing intrinsically wrong with the art. It's just... However, look at uh, the picture box in the upper left of the portraits of Sabretooth and Wolverine. I think those are the heads from the stamps. Yeah, those are terrible. I, all these stamps are terrible looking. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And, you know, I wish Sabretooth would cut his hair, but... <laughs> But anyway, uh, so basically what happens in this story is that I don't like Nuke. Mm-hmm. The end. <laughs> I'm good with that, yeah. So, yeah, so so Nuke has apparently been captured by some South Central American country, Santo Marco. Um, Bobo. The Weapon X team goes there to rescue a friend that they met in the previous story. And they're attacked by a bunch of nuke-crazed guys. Sabretooth decides, hey, I want a red pill. And then he finds Nuke as a prisoner. 
Um, I. Oh, we also have our legacy backup, which is actually not bad art by Ibrahim Roberson. Um, but it just basically sums up the first 11 issues, basically. Uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of worthless. <laughs> not, a, not a lot going on there. But, um... It's like, remember that previous issue? Well, here's a recap of that previous issue we just read. Right, exactly. Um, alright, so... I hated this issue. <laughs> and... How far this book has fallen in my esteem... Like, it just keeps going lower and lower. Like, you know, if you remember a long time ago, guys, uh, you know, Georgie and Dan and I actually really enjoyed this book when it first came out. A scant 11 issues ago, not even a year ago. Um, really enjoyed that first story arc. Um, then it kind of got mediocre, and then it kind of got a little worse, and it kind of got boring, and, and now I think it's just plain terrible. Like, this issue is awful. And the art's yeah. not very good either. Not to, not to piss on that guy. It's the first time I've ever seen him, but it looks very similar to the previous art we were getting. I don't know if he was trying to, you know, uh, for continuity's sake, you drawing a similar style. But I, I felt like Domino was drawn so very similar. A lot of the faces look look similar as well. A little pudgier. Yeah. Yeah, I, and then it was like. <laughs> Spoiler alert, then there's Nuke, and it's like, okay. <laughs> I read, read 21 pages for this. Right. Yep. Yep, yep. The only time I've ever even remotely enjoyed Nuke was his first appearance in Frank Miller's Daredevil. was not mm-hmm. bad. Uh, even then, it's okay. And then he was okay in the uh, um, Jessica Jones TV show. Exactly. That's that's everything I was thinking. Yeah, but they changed him so much that oh, yeah. it's really not even a fair comparison. Nope. <laughs> but it's such a dumb concept, and and the fact that they've tied him into the Weapon Plus program is just kind of silly to me. Um, yeah. Anyway, I don't I don't want to. Unless you got something to say, I'd rather just move on. Well, I mean, it's it's not just Nuke. It's OG Nuke. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. <laughs> Oh goodness! Yeah, I'm good with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would give this boy. Oh man, I I don't feel like it's not like the. Oh man, it's just boring. Yeah. Like the the story isn't terrible. It's just boring. The artwork isn't great. It's just sort of there. It's like um, I can't give it a three. I think I have to give it like two, two out of two out of six. Okay. I'm going to be a little bit meaner than you. I'm going to go one out of six claws. Wow. Yeah. I'll, I'll be bad cop on this one. Um. <laughs> All right. Well, next up, we're going to shine that turd of X-Men Gold. Oh, no. Yeah, number 17, The Negative Zone War, part two. Written by Mark Guggenheim. Art by Ken Lashley. Colors by Juan Fernandez. Letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Woohoo! Woohoo! And cover by Lashley and Fernandez. And this cover is so nondescript, it's hard to even describe. 
There's a spaceship yeah. and some faces. All right. Yeah, and Wolverine is, is super ugly again. Um, and apparently flat. <laughs> he, he flat standweighed himself in the negative zone. Oh, man. I don't like this book at all. <laughs> I may I may be playing good cop a little bit on this one, um, <laughs> just just to be All different. Right. So we get new uniforms at the Triskelion. Uh, hey, I was gonna ask you, and I meant to tweet Dan as well. I don't remember who Ink is. Who's Ink? I was gonna ask the same oh, thing. Oh man, okay. All right. It's like suddenly there's this new character in the book. It's like really, when did he? What? What, what happened? I, I have no. I thought he was Professor X for a second. I'm like, what is going on? I am too on the cover of the last one, and then yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Um. Anyway, they go to uh, the Blue Marvel to get a Negative Zones rocket ship. Um, mm-hmm. They're gonna take Armor and Storm and Colossus, and for reasons that don't entirely make sense to me, instead of Storm leading this team, Old Man Logan's the leader. Um, sure. Oh, wait, it, hold on a second. Who is the girl with short black hair? That's armor, right? Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they're going to go rescue Kate, Kitty and Kurt from the negative zone from our mm-hmm. Trump wizard. Um, we have a side story that Rachel is in some kind of cataconic state. Um, yep. So Kitty and Kurt are captured. Uh Nightcrawler references a an old an old issue of Uncanny X-Men where Doctor Doom traps him in a place where he can't see, and he weighs the risk. Um, our other the rest of our gold team lands in the negative zone. They get involved in a skirmish. Colossus's head looks like a giant pimple. Um, they do some fighting. They decide they're gonna listen, and they're gonna fight the evil lizard tyrant. Um, Nightcrawler decides, you know what? What the hell? And he bamps out and reappears on his spike. Yeah. 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 So, um, <sighs> we've not been real high on Lashley's art. I thought this was a small step up for him. Um, I thought the Nightcrawler sequence actually looked okay. Oh, when he's alone in the room, that wasn't bad. Yeah. And I thought the Banff, the big Banff, was, was pretty decent looking. Um, his blue aliens weren't terrible. Sure. He, he doesn't get Colossus. No. Just as a character design, just doesn't... Well, I'll, I'll say I don't agree with his interpretation. <laughs> no, I, not at all. Um, but his, like his alien landscape is not... You know, now that he gets to the negative zone, he he can play his style a little more towards what's going on. So I thought it was was all right. Um, and I thought the story was okay. Is that your that's <laughs> that's your pepperelli? That's that's, that's my good cop routine. <laughs> <laughs> Look, for me, this artwork was 
was the worst artwork of the books we're reading today. Okay. I didn't like really any of it. He doesn't get classes at all. He's he's incredibly shiny and reflective in all the weird ways. It's hard to see what part is reflection and what part is actual hands. His <laughs> uni- the uniforms are also super reflective, and I don't I don't understand what why they're so shiny. Logan looks incredibly ugly and like half dead in in all all of his appearances here. I I don't it, everything looks off. This looks like nineties in a bad way for me. <laughs> uh, right. I can see yeah. that. Yeah. I did not like this. And the Kurt once again, playing with previous tropes, Kurt Kurt's trapped and he's gotta teleport out, but he couldn't teleport into something and oh no, he did teleport into something. Like I we've seen this before. Have I we? I feel like he usually just sits there. But maybe I, I'm wrong. I don't. I can't remember. <laughs> or, like, I'm, I'm certain that he's he's tell. I've seen him. I think we've we've seen him teleport safely. And right. Maybe he hasn't teleported into something, but I just feel like Guggenheim's like. So what is what do we always do with Nightcrawler? He has to teleport, but he doesn't know if he's going to be safe. <laughs> Let's do another one of those. <laughs> All right. You, you're talking me back down. I was. Tra- <laughs> I was going to try to be positive, but I don't think I can be. Um. <laughs> Look, if you give if you give the last book we read a one out of six, I'm giving this a one out of six. I didn't enjoy this at all. <laughs> I was super happy until the book was over, and I don't care about where they are. I don't care about that stupid lizard guy that they had captured for like four issues, and then he escaped, and now right. we're on this stupid plot that no one gives a crap about. I don't right. want to read this book. Right, well, I'll I'll switch places with you. I'll go two out of six. All right. All right. Fair enough. Well, fair enough. (laughs) Is X Men Blue any better, Georgie? Man, you know, we're gonna have a discussion after we're done with all of today's books about what's what's here and what's leaving because I have issues. Not like you know issues of comic books. I have problems. Right. right. No, I I feel, I feel like uh, Dan is very much enjoying his hiatus. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? He's the luckiest <laughs> son of a gun. <laughs> oh man! But anyway, we have uh, X Men Blue number seventeen. Number seventeen. Yeah. Writer is Colin Bunn. Penciler is R. B. Silva. Inkers we have Adriano D. Benedetto. Uh, the color artist is Rain Beretta. Letterer is VC's Joe Caramagna, and the color artists we have Arthur Adams and Peter Steigerwald again. Yeah. So, um, you know, this this front cover, we've got the young X-Men in the future of 2099 with the building sort of scaling up to the top and showing how tiny the X-Men look. It feels like they are in the world of, of 2099 in this cover, which is, is something I do like about the cover. I, I think the cover is nicely rendered. I think it's a cool design. Mm-hmm. I think, unfortunately, it just falls kind of flat from a visual perspective. For sure. And then yeah, it doesn't no. really jump out at you. Like, it's kind of... I don't know. Like, I think if you take the time to look at it, there's cool elements. Like the way the blue is written in the end and like these futuristic letters, almost like a future neon. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, and, and the the twenty ninety nine on the building, almost like it's uh, 
the futuristic Times Square ribbon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, right? There's interesting elements, but I think if you don't take the time to study it, it's very, like, just at first glance, very bland-looking. Oh, no, I totally agree, but my only the, the only thing I like is that the way the angle that it's it's using is a similar angle you saw all the time in the 2099 books so the cover does a good job of letting you know hey this is the future 2099 right. even if it's kind of boring <laughs> awesome all right so picking up from our last issue our young x-men have been teleporting through time because reasons there's a time problem um And they wind up in the future of 2099 and meet the X-Men of 2099, who include Skullfire, Bloodhawk, Cerebra, Metalhead, Crystalline, and La Lunatica. They don't explain what any of these characters do. (laughs) No. (laughs) You don't even get the little, like, one-sentence, like, power description under their name. No, so, like, I don't, I have no reason to care about these characters at all they have like three lines maybe each i don't know why we're even in the future 2099 um but we are and so um they get attacked and we find out that the reason that 2099 sucks currently is because the young x-men helped to found the city or like rebrand uh new new york um and when they died or left or Whenever they they disappeared, they left um, like sentinels with their faces on them to patrol the city and everything's even more corrupt because of the young X-Men. And at the end of the book, the X-Men are like, okay, well, if we're terrible, then we need to go fix the past. And they jump forward again and they land right in front of Generation X and not the, the book that we're reading now, but the 90s Generation X characters. <laughs> the book we're not reading now? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and they're like, okay, next issue. for that's All right, next issue. So what did you think, Jason? So I actually kind of enjoyed the art. Um, uh-huh. It's still a little bit imminent light, but I thought it fit the future escape pretty well. Um, Agreed. And the colors by Rain Barreto, I thought were really, really good. Um, but he's a good colorist. I mean, he's, he's always done a good job. Uh, as far as the story, I think I think Bun has an interesting element. And he introduces this idea that someone has tampered with their time machine to have the, like these preset, cord- like almost like predetermined detours. Mm-hmm. on the way back to the timeline. So I, I think that's kind of interesting and, and to find out like who it is and why they did it and to figure out what happened. Like, I think the overall story is interesting. I think what we're going to have trouble with is having the individual chapters A, make sense. Because I was so like, what's going on in this book? Um, and B, you know, feel like they matter at all. Right, um, right. Because having not read X-Men 2099 ever, uh-huh. like you said, I don't know who these characters are. I don't know their powers. Uh, one of them like, starts doing stuff with his hands, and there's some other stuff, but there's no, there's no investment from the issue 
And since I don't no. have any previous investment, I feel like Colin Bunn's kind of like, well, if you love these guys, you'll like this. If not, then I'm not going to worry about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which also has me kind of worried for the next issue as well. Because if you haven't read the 90s Generation X, then you're probably not going to care about what happens in, with those characters in the next issue either, right? Right. Right. So, so I don't know. I think there's interesting elements in this story. I, I, I feel like if I saw his outline, I'd be like, oh, that's a pretty good story. But I don't know if I'm going to actually enjoy the story as it goes. Um, All right. I don't know. What did you think? Am I am I being too harsh? No, no. I think you're being totally correct. It feels like placeholder issue until we really get the plot moving in some significant way. Unless, I mean, right now we don't know why they're in 2099. If it ends up, we find out later that there's a point to them being there and doing something there, then maybe. But otherwise, it just feels like random, like Bill and Ted. Their uh, <laughs> their booth broke and now they're randomly popping up in different places you know what i mean right 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 so you know, what's it, the point yeah and it feels like just another page out of that mojo verse story we just finished where uh-huh. it's like oh let's just pick let's pick some instead of the greatest hits we'll pick like you know the best loved kind of secondary x-men books and we'll, we'll yep, throw yep. them through there yep so i don't know i think I enjoyed some concepts enough and I enjoyed the art enough. I could probably be generous and give this book a three maybe, but, but it's a pretty, it's a pretty optimistic on my part three. (laughs) Sure. No, I agree. The artwork's nice. The coloring is is really good. Just some interesting things with Iceman, um, which I liked looking at. And I do like seeing those old, um, Generation X uniforms. Yeah, so that was that, fun. That has me a little bit positive. So I think I'm, I'm with you. It's a low three, just because. I mean, the artwork's fine, but the story, I don't really, I don't really care about it. It's not like egregiously awful, so I can't go any lower. But it's, it's just, it's fine. Yeah. Um, any comments one way or the other? Since this is the podcast that goes nicked about uh, Jimmy Hudson's role in this book. Yeah, why is he in the book? <laughs> he does some fighting stuff. He looks good. Silva does a good version of him. Sure. Well, yeah. my point is, if you bring the character in, you got you need to explain why he's there or have him contribute in a significant way. But he's just like tagging along just because maybe Marvel said we want to use this character, so fit him in the book somewhere. And right. now he's just swinging his claws every couple of pages and. Like, what's going on with his story? Why is he here? What's he doing? <laughs> yeah. We just get these constant hints of, I'm not my dad. Yeah. <laughs> you're a mutant, but you're a little bit different. Right, right, right. Okay. Because you're an ultimate mutant. Um, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I re- I think he's really just there because they wouldn't let Colin Bunn have a uh, Laura. But, um... It's too bad. Yeah, what well, is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I'd rather hear that in Weapon X. A good thing she's not in that anymore either. Right, right. That was a, a thankfully not quite one and done, but almost. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, with some good news, <sighs> bad news, um, we're going to talk about Iceman number eight and Jean Grey number 10. Uh-huh. Um, 
So Iceman number eight is written by Sina Grace or Sina Grace. How do you know how to say that? I know I've asked you before and I forget. I don't. I do not okay. know. All right. Um, art by Robert Gill. Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. Letters by VC Josebino. And the cover is by Mike Diodato Jr. and Federico. I'm sorry, Federico Bui. Uh, what do you think of this cover of Iceman in English? Iceman in English? Yeah, in English. Yeah. S- speak English or get out. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is happening? English. Did I, jump, I don't know. Did, did I jump through a portal? What, am I in yes. another universe? Did I? <laughs> no, I said English. He's all oh, English. English. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. These headphones. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, to to be honest, for me, the covers have been the worst part of the series. Not that they've been terrible, but they haven't been as good as everything else inside. Right. So this feels this feels okay. I I, I do feel like his body is is kind of long in the torso, and he's yeah. got a few too many abs going on. But um, it. You know, I got it's, it's eight. Fine. Yeah, it's just really long and it's almost like jutting out. Yeah. You, side side story. Have you ever looked at the recent bodybuilding videos, like the guys who, who joined the Mr. Ultimate Championship or whatever it's called? Uh-uh. So steroids are like a huge problem now and these guys take them like crazy and it's causing their innards to like bulge up as well. Oh. So they get they get huge pecs, huge arms, but like their innards bulge out so much that it gives them like a, a turtle stomach. So their abs are <laughs> defined, but they're really pushed out in like a dome and they look really odd. And he has a little bit of that going on here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah, I think it's an okay cover. It doesn't look like Iceman to me either. Uh-huh. But, yeah. But anyway, who cares about the cover? This Let's get to this this nice book we have. Um, yes, lovely book. Art is fantastic. Um, I really, I... So the gist is, is that the old Iceman and young Iceman are fighting uh, Pyro. Of course, they beat him all the while having a kind of a, an emotional bonding experience. Um, meanwhile, we have Doc in the magic portal with his new protege, uh, Zach. Um, he's trying to teach him how to be cool. Um, and then uh, Bobby's parents want to meet young Bobby. Of course, we find out what what is a sweet invitation to dinner is really just a ruse to try to start out like they get a do-over with their son. Yeah. Um, and they even spin it like it's the best of both worlds. You can go be you, and we can make this one who we want him to be. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And I love the idea of kind of panic freezing. I thought that was yeah, really yeah, cool. So fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, basically the Bobbies see through the ruse and you know, kind of say, you know what, Mom and Dad, maybe next time. And... Um, and then, kind of the, the only the only negative thing I I think I told you this already on Twitter, Georgie, um, about this book is that at least temporarily, Bobby's boyfriend from L.A. says, "You know what? I can work remote," and he comes to New York, and so the move is off for now. Right. Um, I was kind of looking forward to to older Bobby in L.A., but um, 
I yeah. really, I really wanted a West Coast X Men. <laughs> so I think it's something we can touch on maybe at the end of the podcast, but we should bring that up about maybe why he may not be moving. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, yeah, but otherwise, I mean, you, you hit it out of the park with all your comments. Uh, the the freezing when he's he's like anxious was great. Uh, all of their banter back and forth, old Bobby and younger Bobby was wonderful. When they sneak out of the restaurant and leave like the ice imitations in front of the door so that their parents will think that they're still around was <laughs> awesome. You know what? I... I hope if he were, not that he would ever hear this, but I, I would hope if, if Mr. Grace were to hear this, that he would take this as the high compliment that I mean it. But I, I think one of the, the, the small miracles of, the, of this particular issue of this very lovely book is that young and old Bobby both simultaneously sound different and distinct, but like the same person. And that, to me, is a marvel of dialogue writing. And I think, I think Grace has just been nailing this book out of the park every issue. But something about their interaction, where they feel like they're the same person, but they feel you can tell they're in different places. It's just, it's just really interesting and really fun to read, and just really, really enjoyed it. I don't. I was just looking at this last page. Why does uh, Bobby's boyfriend throw a baby shoe through the window? Is that a baby shoe or is it just a shoe? It's really small. All right, let me get to that page. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. That is a tiny... Oh, man. Is that a... You have to say, guys with small feet. <laughs> Poor Bobby. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the, the dialogue, as, as you mentioned, is brilliantly written. Um, there's you know, fun banter talking about the parents while they're fighting Pyro. Was I just wanted like the whole issue to just be that. Like, let that fight continue, and I will just read that for 22 pages. And, and you're right, he does. And thinking back to the previous issues, he's able to write all the characters that come in with their own distinct voices. But he's able to give them, like, life, and everyone has maybe a little bit of humor or something, you know, fun about reading their dialogue. It's almost like, um, you know, Bendis wrote great dialogue, but everyone sounded like Bendis. Where here, Grace gives everyone great dialogue that sounds unique, and it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's, um, it's like a master at work here. I agree. I agree. Um this this book is continually one of the favorites on the shelf for me um what do you think of the art this issue uh gorgeous i, I mean once I, again the fight with pyro is is that, brilliant that first page you open up to a full page splash that first page is amazing um yeah it's just it's killer and yeah all th- all through the book i thought gil you know, we, we've enjoyed him on the book before, but I feel like this is maybe even a little bit of a step up for him. Yeah, agreed. Um, just really, really good. Um, all right, so what do you think of Dokken in the book? He'll be kind of the the focus of the next issue. What do you think of his little part here? You know, it's interesting to bring him back. Um, they were He was a good foil for Iceman. They had a lot of good... 
I don't want to say philosophical, but like, you know, differences in ideas as well as just, you know, physical fighting that they played, they played off each other really well. So I'm interested to see him come back again to face Bobby. I wasn't really, I mean, for me, those were the lower parts of the book right. um, with, with him and, and his protege, Zach. They were kind of, they were, eh, they were okay, but I think you got to build them up um, before you, you bring them back in fully. So, right. I'm just thinking, I'm looking forward to seeing him back against Bobby and seeing how that goes for round two. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't mind Grace's take on Dawkins. The only thing I would say is reading this simultaneously with All New Wolverine feels very different. Um, but, you know, that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, it's, it's a little hard to reconcile the two. Sure. Um as far as the direction the characters are heading. Um, but that said, though, I, I love this book. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all out. I'm going to give this one a six out of six claws. Yeah, it's hard to... Oh, man, I'm right on the edge between five and six. Yeah, I was too. I was too, but... You know what? I, I love this book so much. and I'm, I'm going to go with the six as well. Just give, give this book all sixes. Nice. All the way around. Uh-huh. All right. Well, Jean Grey number 10 with Psych Wars, um, written by Dennis Hopeless, art by Alberto Albuquerque, colors by J. David Ramos, letters by VCs Travis Lanham, and the cover is by David Yarden with graphic design by J. Bowen and Anthony Gambino. I love this cover. It's a muted red with kind of the hot pink telepathic splash. And Jean in front of her cast of characters. I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's the best piece of artwork in the book. Easily. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Albuquerque is maybe a hair step down for this book. I, I will say I did really enjoy his Phoenix bird. Yeah, I'll I give you that. I, I didn't really get with that. Um, so basically we find out that... You know, the, the Phoenix Force has not come to possess young Jean, but to basically burn her out because she's not the quote-unquote real Jean, um, which, uh-huh. I, which I thought was an interesting turn. Um, sure. And it ends with her apparent death and with ghost Jean in sorrow. Uh-huh. And then we know that then this book would take a brief hiatus for Phoenix Resurrection and then come back with this last issue. Right. Um, all right, so any any distinct comments about this book as as this issue? Um, I, I mean, I feel like Hopeless is still writing a great book. I just, the artwork did not do it for me here at all. I did not enjoy the work. Uh, all, all the women had the same angry face in every, every... Every page, I just, I didn't, you know, he's had a, a couple different artists on the book, and to varying degrees, they've been amazing to, you know, um, average, Right. but I, f- I felt like this was definitely a step down, and with, it, it's a shame, because Hopeless is writing a great book, and then the artwork, it just, it just brings it down for me, it was, it was kind of a letdown for this yeah. day, second last issue. It was definitely a little bit, I... You know, my, my opinion on the art is he kind of draws everything good except for people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is unfortunate yes. because it's a comic book full of people. But, um, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, This is a a greatly written book. Visually has some flair with some of the scenery and, and the Phoenix Force itself, but... A lot of the a lot of the interaction with the characters falls pretty flat, um, and I was a little upset that I I want young Jean. I don't need old Jean. She's been terrible to young Jean throughout the whole series. Right. Um, now that we're f- starting to like young Jean, if, if this is how they kill her off, or maybe they help they merge her with with older Jean, like I'm, it's, I'm not a happy camper. Um, I, I want more of this character. I don't need a different version. Yeah, I'm with you, but I, I think uh, that's not what we're gonna get, um, unfortunately. Um, and I don't blame I don't blame Hopeless for that. I think that was a mandate from Marvel that we. Oh, I'm I'm sure I'm sure it was. Yeah. You know, I think to me the the curious part is how does this story and the consequent uh, resurrection story how is that gonna affect X Men Blue? And is the current X-Men Blue story the way out for that whole team? You know, they're probably all are going to go back eventually, right? I mean, I is, it, is it the time? Is now the time? I don't know. They're setting everything back to sort of status quo, I think. Right. So. Right. Well, <sighs> uh, real quick, what do you want to grade issue number 10 for Jean Grey? I'm going to give this a four and mostly for story. All right. Sounds good. Yeah, I kind of waver between a three and a four. Um, yeah, I'll go four. I'll go four. I'll be nice. Um, yeah. It's only for the story, to be honest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and like I said, the Phoenix looks looks pretty badass. Um, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Um, right. cool, you know, they, they show um, a preview for the next issue and it's Jean with all the people that she visited and that would be a pretty fun issue the final issue for them all to like stand together against the Phoenix Force if that's what happens yeah yeah <laughs> we will we will see it is a pretty sweet looking cover so right but, but Yarn's covers on this have been top notch for, uh-huh. for all 11 issues so no complaints there um, small complaint, this book is ending. <laughs> yeah, that's the the big topic. We A lot of stuff was announced. Uh, yeah, a slew of stuff ending. And, you know, you and I and Dan and a few other people were talking about it on Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with Dan and I think a couple other guys echoed this as well. If, if everything they're talking about ending does end, depending on what replaces it, my my budget just got a nice help. Oh, exactly. Because <laughs> they're right. canceling all the books I'm reading. <laughs> right. So, I mean, from what we're reading on this podcast, they're canceling Iceman, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and Mr. Grace uh, tweeted out a really nice letter uh, letting everyone know that he's known about this for a while. Marvel let him finish the story. It should have a proper ending. Um, and that he's really happy with he, that he was able to, to tell this tale. So even though it's ending, uh, I, I'm sort of hopeful that we'll get a, a good bow wrapped around this story. Yeah. It's a, it's a shame. And then Jean Grey is also getting canceled. We found out. I, I know Hopeless and Grace are both moving on to other projects. But um, 
it's it's a it's a damn shame because X-Men Gold and X-Men Astonishing X-Men and X-Men Blue I think are continuing on in some form. So right, so they're canceling the wrong books. <laughs> yeah. Cancel Weapon X instead. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I do I did hear that they're canceling Weapon X as well. Oh, okay. Well, I'm okay with that. Exactly. I wonder if that has I wonder so some of this right has to be because of Whatever's gonna happen after No Surrender, like all the books will reshuffle. Um, I think, in particular, some of the other books I'm worried about will play directly into that. Um, there's some right. some rumor that Hawkeye might be ending, and I think she'll probably, she and Clint will probably move into that Avenger story together. I'm guessing. Right. Um, and and who knows how they'll come out of it on the other side. Um, but that's a book I've loved. Um, so good. You know what? What else? Uh, Captain Marvel, Dan said, you know, might not be continuing, um, mm. and I've been enjoying that book a lot too. Um, man, yeah. Oh, just... That reminds me. Uh, jumping back to X Men Gold, we had a, an uh, appearance from. Um, oh boy, the blue Blue Marvel, and that that Ultimates book was actually pretty interesting. Oh yeah, it uh, was. It was really good. Yeah. So. Um, it was nice to see him pop up in another book as well. Yeah. Um, and see some of those characters. But it's, it's that, a shame a lot of stuff that's going away. I, I, I'm I worried about Thor, to be honest. I mean, it, it feels like the Jane storyline is coming to an end. So what's what's going to happen with Thor next? I don't know, man. I, I mean, Thor is one of those that I, I, I love both Thors, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, it won't be too heartbreaking if, if they change it, but just, it's almost some of it, though, is, you know, I'm, I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth a little bit, right? Because that's just how it's going to be. I, I'm anxious for Old Man Logan to go away and to get regular Logan back. Sure. But the, the flip side of that, as I've said all along, I don't necessarily need him to be Wolverine. Like, I want Laura to be Wolverine. I would love for right. them to interact together. And and so I'm perfectly content with with Thor Odinson being in his role and having Jane be Thor. And I'm even okay if the hammer goes back to Odinson, if there's a good story reason, and I trust Aaron to do that. What I don't like, and what this kind of contradicts me on the, on the Old Man Logan thing, is... Sometimes I feel like this resetting the legacy is a regression. And Agreed. In the, in the Old Man Logan situation, I don't feel that way. I don't think he's a good character anymore. Um, in the Jane Thor situation, I do feel like it's regression. And I wish there was another way that could play out and still, still have the legacy sentiment. But... I don't know, and if it's if it's a temporary thing, like it had, like I said, it. I I feel like, you know, we've talked about this a little bit before too. You know, Marvel kind of has different people that kind of, captain the ship for a while, mm-hmm. and I feel like right now Jason Aaron is captain of the ship, and so I feel like whatever happens will be. Organic to his story. I I'm I'm hopefully optimistic of that. And so if there's a change in Thor that is organic in the story, I'm a lot more willing to bite into that than I am, you know, what kind of seems like we're just 
going backwards on some books. For, for sure. Um, I don't know if you've you've seen the preview of Thor with a golden arm and a, a golden hammer. Yeah, um, uh, Chris Anka has some design on that. Yeah, I believe, but and they, some others, and Donnerman as well. Yeah, but if you look back at previous issues of Thor, there are like flashes to like future events, and that's one of the things that's like um, shown, like I don't know, twenty issues previously or whatever, that something's coming in the future, and there's a, a glimpse of, of that image. So it's something that Aaron's been planning for a while, and you know I'll be sad if Jane leaves. But um, I'm more worried that Aaron will, will be leaving Thor. And he's just been killing that book for like five straight years now. Um, oh, it's, it's, yeah. he's been, it's been the book to read in all of Marvel for the last five years. So I don't want him to go. Yeah, I don't um, either. <laughs> and I agree. It does feel like a regression for, for some things like Jean uh, getting replaced. It feels like a regression. You know, getting rid of Hawkeye feels like a regression. Um, you know, going back to the status quo feels like I think there's two things to consider. One is that the new um, what's his name, Sobolski, is coming in to sort of lead the comics. Right. So he's, he probably has his own idea of what he wants to do, but I don't know if, if his history uh, dictates that he'll be the right one to lead the ship. And and the other thing is, you know, DC has enjoyed a resurgence, resetting some things. And a lot of diehard Marvel fans want things to be reset, but I feel like some of those people want things to be reset for the wrong reasons. Right. Um, they don't want the new characters. <laughs> they don't want. They view diversity as a bad term. And even if, for example, the current Hawkeye book, this character has been around for a while, brought in organically, is established. They view her as like a bad replacement who shouldn't be there. The only Hawkeye is Clint. You know. So it's. It's a shame um, that there's some of that sentiment leaking in. And I think Marvel might be cowtailing to them and being, they, they might be thinking to themselves, it works for DC, it'll work for us, and we'll get those older, angrier you know, <laughs> readers back on and start selling some more books. But it's, right. it's creatively, I feel like, a bankrupt way to move forward. Yeah, it is. And I don't, you know, I've seen some, on the internet, some allusions to Sabolsky's history um if you have anything to, to shed on that that's fine i don't know enough about him to know whether you know what his kind of motivation or intention is um but it, it is it's odd timing <laughs> it's <laughs> that, odd timing yes that, that his move seems to be coinciding with you know and and let's let's be fair we have an event coming up, whether they're calling an event or not, you know, and they're doing it maybe a little bit different than they've done events in the past. But any time Marvel does an event, you know, every year or so, mm-hmm. books in and they start new books and right. they take some risk and then they go backwards on some other books. And so, sure. so I mean, I think, I think a lot of the, the cancellation news for me is a bummer because it's a lot of the books that are at the top of my list. Right. But I think until we see kind of where those characters land or what new books are going to come out after No Surrender, you know, we kind of have to hold a little bit of our judgment back until then. But right. but it is it is sad news, though, because there, there is a lot of books that, that I look most forward to that I have either heard, you know, news of, of ending or or I worry about. Um, right. I, I mean... 
two, these things aren't necessarily mutually, I mean, they could be mutually exclusive. It could just be that Iceman, Gene, Hawkeye aren't selling that, that great, which is a total possibility. Right. Uh, you know, in general, the books I tend to gravitate to tend to be the critically acclaimed books that don't sell so well. Uh, and they get replaced, and it's it's painful no matter when. But the timing of this is just, it makes you, you know, do a little double take on right. what's going on. Uh, <laughs> Also, we have to take into effect that they have the new Infinity War, uh, Infinity Stones crossover event, whatever, coming up in, oh, in right. summer kinda... next year as well. So that could all play into these things. How they're gonna, they might reset a lot of the universe. Right. I mean, there's some things I'd like them to reset. I'd like them to send Miles back to his own universe. Um, and there are hints that the Ultimate Universe is still around in, in some fashion. Because I don't feel he works well where he is now, and he his book has been kind of lackluster for for a while. So I mean, some things could benefit from his quote unquote resetting, but um, it's it's sad to see the books you love go. You know what I mean? But right. at least, as, as you said, you might you know your wallet might thank you. <laughs> it might. It just might. Um, you know, I'll say this, and this is not this is not to. Um, to turn into a Marvel versus DC thing, but since Rebirth, mm-hmm. my DC reading has slowly declined. Um, right, right. Because there's really only a handful of titles that I buy every time. Um, still really enjoying um, the Super Books, uh, especially uh-huh. Super Sons is really good, and Kind of my dark horse for DC right now. I know I shouldn't say that because that's another comic company. Um, my sleeper hit for DC, and and you're you're probably be surprised by this because it's too it's almost too nineties to be enjoyable on the surface. It seems like, but I've been really enjoying the Red Hood book. Um, I've heard good things about that. Yeah, so that's been one that I've been kind of. Reading under the radar and enjoying a lot, but um, isn't Nicieza writing that book? No, it's uh, Lobdell among oh, Lobdell, Lobdell, of, of yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. And his his new 52 stuff, I did not care for, but <laughs> but for whatever reason, he's he's kind of and even his previous incarnation of Red Hood, I did not care for, mm-hmm. but for whatever reason, this this volume is is clicking with me. Um, and and Dexter Soy is definitely '90s influence on the art, but in the right way, I think there. I think you can take '90s influence and do something cool with it. And he's he's kind of at least attempting to that. do that. So yeah, but um, but yeah, but no um, as much. And I I I'm glad and happy for DC because I love comics and I want them to be successful. So I'm glad they've had the uptick. But for me personally, it's been kind of a downtick since Rebirth. So yeah, I think it started off really nice and then sort of I don't know floundered or got stagnant. That's kind uh, of lost interest, yeah. Yeah, I mean they, they had that story and they decided not to continue on letting anyone know what what's going on with Rebirth. Why it happened? It's like two years later, something happened. And <laughs> we, we don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. Super Sons is great. Um, uh, I'm I'm really on and, and then kind of off on Batman depending on what the storyline is <laughs> right um, the artwork is, is pretty nice on that but um, I mean obviously Miracle Man is like another work of genius I'm, uh, I'm waiting for the trade on that one 
it's crazy good. I've heard really good things. I, I look forward to reading it eventually. It, you know, King stuff usually reads better in a, in a, a trade anyway, so uh, it'll probably work better to wait for it, to be honest. But it's, I mean, comics is it's constantly changing. Um, there are rumors that Dan Slott might be leaving. Um, Spider-Man. So I'm okay with that, and I've enjoyed, I'm not a Slott hater, but I'm ready for a change, so I'm okay with that. I was sad to see his Silver Surfer book go, because that was gorgeous and a lot of fun. I enjoyed that book. Yeah, that's what I need to catch back up on. Yeah, but so to tie it back in Snickcast, uh, Mr. Grace, who who writes uh, Iceman, in his letter, uh, sort of, you know, this is farewell to Iceman, uh, but I hope you enjoy the last couple issues. Right above his name, where he signed, he wrote a Snicked. <gasps> I don't know what that means, but. Oh my writing. goodness, if he... I don't even care which character it is. <laughs> like, he can, he can just switch to a docking book if he wanted to, or... Wouldn't that be awesome? Or he could take on Laura, um, and and not not anything against... I mean, Tom Taylor, All New Wolverine has been one of the best books on the shelf, period. Sure, sure. Um, so Tom Taylor has done a fantastic job, but I, I would love to see Grace's take on Laura... Or, you know, I think maybe kind of the weirdest but most interesting option is have him write regular Logan. Right. That would be very interesting. So, yeah, that's exciting. Or, or maybe it'll be like a team book and still have Iceman. Yeah, Doc and an Iceman team book. Yeah. Or, yeah, lots of, lots of interesting possibilities. Um, wow, I didn't know that. That's That's really cool news. Even if it's just a tease. I mean, yeah. obviously it's, yeah, just a tease of something, so who really knows what it even means. But right. it, uh, he said he's still at Marvel, so that, yeah. that's a good hint. And Hopeless said he also has a project coming up that we don't know I what it is so. yet, I he, believe. He's been doing great, great the last few years. and Yeah. You know, speaking of books I miss, I, I miss the hell out of that Spider-Woman book. Um, so good, yeah. So, But Gene right now is his only book, right? I currently. I think so. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I hope he, I hope he, I hope he pulls up something cool. Um. I'll, I'll fall. So. I'll give it, whatever he does. I'll give it a shot. So. Yeah. Whatever hopeless writes, whatever Grace writes, I will be first in line to read. Oh, you know what? I be, you know what? I bet it is. I bet hmm. that he wrote Snake because we've been giving his book such high marks, and he's just trying to. <laughs> Trying to He's show just, us some love back. I really hope so. <laughs> like, should, those those love guys love me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I retweeted his tweet. You should look and, and reply back to him and ask him if that's <laughs> uh, in a podcast. I, I'm afraid of what the answer might be. <laughs> <laughs> like, who are you? Who? <laughs> what? <laughs> What now? Right. That's funny. Right. Do you even know who I am? <laughs> but but I love you. <laughs> <laughs> ah, get away. <laughs> Block. Well, Dan. Um, Dan. Well, well Jason. Hi. Yeah. Um, final final question of the night. Okay. Uh, th- Make it a doozy. Important, 
most important question. The Last Jedi, the greatest piece of film ever, or the worst Star Wars movie that'll ever be made? I haven't seen it yet, but... Me neither. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I know you're not, you're not the Star Wars guy that I am, no. but... Um, well, it's just like the the reaction has been. It's the best Star Wars oh, movie man, ever, or yeah, or it's the worst Star Wars movie ever. Right, a lot, a lot of polarizing opinions on that one, but um, we shall see. I guess it just depends on what happens and what you think about the character. I'm, I'm assuming, I'm assuming it goes a certain way, and you're either gonna you're gonna base the quality of the film based on character choices. I think in this one, as opposed to say. Like Rogue One, where the quality of the film is really in the way it was shot and, you know, uh-huh. everything else. And so, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I, maybe it's shocking, quote-unquote. I don't We'll see. But I look forward yep. to it. I mean, I, I want to see it. So as soon as I can get get Ethan and Denise out to the theater, we'll, we'll give it a go. Small spoiler alert, but Ray is her own father, so... There's that. <laughs> That's a twist. That's the twist. With that twist. <laughs> well, Jason, it's it's. We had some good books. We had some bad books. We had some bad news, but we had fun talking about it. Yes, we did, as always. So, Georgie, uh, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at La Boy Toy on Twitter, and I'll be whining about the books being canceled or you might feel see me complaining about that terrible call on that Pat Steelers game on Twitter but um, I'll Uh-oh. be there <laughs> I, I didn't I, it was on in the house and mm-hmm. I, I wasn't paying attention <laughs> controversial final call yeah well you know Tom Brady's got he's got a win on his way out right Yep, they're gonna give it to him. <laughs> you know, uh, before before we leave, I, I this is an interesting thought that um, I know maybe not a lot of crossover between sports and comic books, but I once heard someone say, and maybe I've said this before on the podcast, that like people who really love sports and people who really love comics are really the same people. They you know obsess over oh, yeah. certain characters and certain stats and. and Everyone's wearing a costume and they're all doing like crazy physical things. And if you you love one team and you hate the other and you you know fan theories of this and that, it's like the same exact person but just looking at different mediums. It's yes. it's quite interesting. Oh yeah, I, I I've said for a long time everybody is a nerd about something. Right. Maybe your your nerdy thing is cooler or more acceptable than some of the others, but you're still a nerd about something. You know. Right. You know, growing well, up, you, know, you hear like, who who would win the fight between Captain America and you know Spider Man, and then you're like, well, who's the better quarterback, Joe Montana <laughs> or Tom Brady? Right, it's right. Jordan argument. or LeBron? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. Same thing. Right. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, you know, I may I came to that conclusion also. You know, growing up in bands and playing music and stuff. You know, there's a lot of really quote-unquote cool guys who are really, really nerdy about rock and roll and stuff like that. And it's the same, right. it's the same thing. It's just a different flavor. So. Right. But, um, but yeah, awesome. Well, Georgie, thank you so much for coming on, um, as always. Thank you. It was great. Yeah, I love it. So for the podcast that goes to course, you can uh, 
like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnickCast. Um, website, if you care about the little notes, are at SnickCast.Podbean.com. Um, I did, uh, one of our new listeners brought m- to my attention, uh, thank you, Aaron, uh, that you know, I have an issue with Podbean occasionally where their default settings only keep so many episodes up on iTunes. And so I will try to get that fixed. This is just something I have to like call the help desk and just have them change it. Uh, so I'll try to take care of that pretty soon. Um, I know uh, Aaron is a, is a new fan um, who has been. Welcome, Aaron. Yeah, welcome. And he's been going back and listening to all the available episodes. I think he's up to oh like a, a hundred and something right now. And so wow. I commend you on the effort and thank you for all the kind words you've sent our way. Um it's been really encouraging. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, I'll, I will try to get that fixed for you so you can get the earliest episodes. Not that they're very good, but <laughs> welcome to them anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, it took me and don't a forget that X-Men Origins movie podcast they're still waiting on. Oh, my gosh. I Yes, I'm going to quit making promises <laughs> because I apparently cannot keep them. Um, but I will. We will do that. Maybe we'll make that like the New Year's episode or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll do some, oh, speaking of, 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 of New Year's, I'm glad glad this came up. Um, we will talk about it on the next episode with Denise as well. But, you know, since I had this out and before it gets too late or too close, um, if you have any kind of suggestions or nominations for our annual Wolvie Awards, uh, please. Oh, yeah. Please feel free to tweet those at me or put them on Facebook or whatever. Um, especially because this year I did not take as many good notes about that. So I have <laughs> I have a lot of selections from the beginning of the year and then a lot of selections from the last couple of months in the middle of the year is kind of barren. And for the life of me, I can't remember if we had a single snatch all year. So if you remember one, send it to me and it'll probably win. Um <laughs> What are the categories, though? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, Best Wolverine Writer, Best okay. Wolverine Artist, uh-huh. Best Wolverine Cover, uh-huh. uh, Best Wolverine Colorist, um, Best Snicked, uh-huh. Best Snapped, <laughs> which is always usually like one or two choices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't get very many. Um I'm trying to think. I think that's. I feel like there was one snack that was supposed to be a snicked in recently, so that maybe that's their <laughs> snack of the year. There you go, the mess up snack. Um, yeah, but I think that's. I think that covers them all. I think. And then it's, is that just for Laura? But that or does that? Oh no no not, yeah yeah well, any of the Wolverine characters. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. I mean. Laura has been pretty dominant in the last couple of years just because her book's been so good. But, um, but yeah, no, um, yeah, in fact, actually, I'm glad you said that. Uh, so for best Wolverine artist, I'm going to need a little bit of help because, you know, for the past couple of years, we've had like multiple really strong contenders. Um, you know, like last year we had, um, not Ramon Perez. Um, oh, hell, the guy that, Started all new Wolverine with Tom Taylor. Did Cap- did Captain Marvel for a while. Um, why can I not think of his name? 
Anyway, we had him <laughs> who was doing awesome. Oh, Lopez, David Lopez. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, and then also at the same time, Sorrentino was on Old Man Logan. So that was like, right, right. wow, like Sophie's Choice. And this year hasn't really been a lot of just like amazing standout art. So, yeah, so if you have some suggestions, send those definitely my way. Be a good idea to take a look at the early issues of Weapon X when Greg Land was drawing. True. Yeah, might be a good contender. Definitely. So, awesome. Well, All right. I think that's going to wrap us up. Um, so, thanks again, Georgie, for uh, staying up late with me tonight. And um, It's awesome. Yeah, hope everyone enjoys the episode, and we will talk again soon. Bye-bye. All right, see you guys. Hugs and snicks. And snacked.